Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. I'm Chris Heine. I'm James Lavella. And I'm Calvin Bauer. And a lot of stuff has changed since the last time we've done the podcast. In fact, we've knocked down a wall. We built a whole new section of our space. We've traveled around the world. Jenny's pants still are falling apart for some reason. And then there's another person or two people possibly on the podcast that you might not have heard before. Today, we're going to talk a lot about um, the idea of change. We're going to talk about the idea of not thinking too hard about it. And then a bunch of other stuff that's coming up here at the gallery that we think you should know about. So currently, before we start our podcast, we'll let you know what's happening here. Uh, Jenny, what show is happening or shows so, uh, right now we have a bunch of really cool exhibitions on display so in case you're in the minneapolis area we have the camouflage exhibition which has about 80 illustrators designers and fine artists that have contributed to uh, make work all about hiding in plain sight we also have the wanderlust exhibition which is work made by the artists that attended the light gray iceland residency uh, last year with us and we also have a special collection by Carrie Liao, who has travelogues and all sorts of really beautiful work um, all about her travels to the national parks. We also have photographs by Matt Moss and Tanner Johnson. And then we also have a special collection by local artist Kelsey Oseed. So, so much art. So much art. And if you haven't been here to the space, you probably are thinking, like, how is it possible that all that stuff could be happening? But these days... Um, ever since March 4th, we've opened up a whole new section of the gallery where we feature work from narrative work to salon style exhibitions by guest curators to solo collections by different artists, uh, featured local artist walls, and a lot of other stuff that um, you should check up on, on the website. So if you want to take a look at it, um, you should do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say check on the website or come in person if you are able yeah, yeah, if you're able, yes. if you're able. But it's really pretty cool. And so we've been waiting for a really long time to kind of change things up. And I think this year was the year. So the other things that are happening here at Light Gray that you should definitely know about is we have a workshop coming on July 7th, 8th, and 9th with Nico Delort, who's coming all the way from Paris to talk about his cinematic work. And if you haven't seen his work, you should check it out. He does some beautiful scratchboard work. It's very kind of like film noir, um, kind of dark very intricate. It's absolutely gorgeous. And he's going to talk about his process for creating these, um, his inspiration, his actual techniques. And we have a lot of fun stuff like taking you guys to karaoke, um, having an artist meet and greet. And the whole entire show that's happening for that July 7th opening happens to be fairly dark, which I think is kind of nice. So um, we will tell you more information about this um, very soon up on the website if you want to check out what that's about. But Keep your um, notes on your calendar for July 7th and Nico's workshop uh, as well as the opening reception and Nico's artist talk will be happening on that date. So you talked a little bit about the Light Gray Art Lab Iceland residency. Yes. So we actually just launched the application for the 2018 season. So if you're an artist from anywhere in the world, actually, you are welcome to apply. We're looking for creatives who would like to share their practice, get to know other artists, and travel through some of the most sublime and awesome spaces within Iceland. 
So we have applications up there. If you go on the main page, you'll see a giant picture of a glacier. You can click on that and see the details for the 2018 mm-hmm. teams, where we might go and kind of what it's all about. You can always reach out to us as well. But the links for the application are right through there. Otherwise, you can go to likegreatlab.com and just click on the travel page and it's right there yep. as well. And the applications are up through July 15th. So you can apply anytime through there. Yep. So... That being said, you heard these two new voices. Hmm. 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 So so we want to introduce you guys um, to, I guess, everybody's ears. Um, James, have you ever talked on the podcast before? Uh, Nope, I have not. Oh, yeah. So who are you? How'd you get here? (laughs) How long have you been here? Um, So I've been here, what, about a year and a half now, right? Almost. Probably pretty close to that. Um, So I was an intern before that. Um, and then happened to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right stuff, I guess. Um, and then now I take most care of the Instagram and social media side and also the online shop. Um, so that's kind of my baby here at Light Gray. And what are you into in life? Uh, I play a lot of video games. <laughs> uh, I also am a massive World War II history buff, um, so I listen to a lot of World War II audiobooks. Um, and I'm a huge fan of like pretty much anything turn of the century. Awesome. And then, uh, Calvin, how did you get here? Hi. Um, yeah. So I also was an intern about a year ago. Uh, I just graduated from the Minneapolis college of art and design. And then these guys were nice enough to be like, Hey, do you want a job here? And I was like, um, yeah, obviously. (laughs) And so I was, I was honestly planning on being an intern again, or just like doing whatever I could to volunteer here. But, um, yeah, I, I love the space. I love these guys and I love being here. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So what are you into? Like, what's your, what's your like things that you do when you're not here? Um, I listen to the song Here With Me by Dido every single day of my life because it's the best song in the world. Uh, also, Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Emotion, great album. Um, other than that, I really like fashion. I love the metaphysical, so me and Lindsay have a lot of good talks. And um, I would consider myself like a movie fan, but also the movie that I've seen most might be Chronicles of Riddick starring Vin Diesel, so it's like, I don't know if I have to revoke, you know, that title. <laughs> hey, I've never uh, seen I Citizen Kane. Uh, Vin Diesel side of that. I'm a closet Vin Diesel fan. Oh, you don't yep. have to be closet, my friend. Like, Vin <laughs> Diesel, I think, is a, is a huge asset <laughs> to the current film world, and he's just such a good guy, and he loves Dungeons & Dragons. So that's good, because that is good. a topic Super of good. our podcast, is Vin Diesel, actually. Actually, oh, that's perfect. exactly what it is. Vin yeah. Diesel, if you're out there and you want to play D&D with all of us, uh, we're all big fans, and we would love to see you. True. He would probably play as a what? A berserker. Oh. I think, I like think he's like a, a secret rogue. To be honest, um, fair, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't know. I um, can he only wear leather vests? Is the question mm, probably? Yeah, I don't think his arms would fit into like a tight tunic, but maybe he could like get a bigger tunic, <laughs> <laughs> custom tunic. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's got the money. <laughs> That's fine. He probably does. He can make whatever tunics he wants. So, um, so as you can see, it's been really nice to have like some new stuff happening here. Obviously, new people that have, are you know doing a lot of cool stuff with us at Light Gray these days. And um, yeah, besides just the physical change of stuff, today we wanted to talk about this idea of not thinking too hard about 
maybe just that, not too, thinking too hard about changing, not thinking too hard about going forward, finding yourself just like in general, you know, when you think too hard about stuff, what, you know, what does that do to your process, your creative process or yourself or your, um, anything really. So, okay. So I have a question for everybody really quick. When is the first, no, no, let me, let me rephrase this. When is the last time you just did something based on pure gut instinct and you just did not think about it at all? And you said to yourself, this feels good. I'm going to do this right this second. And then you were like, I'm not going to analyze if this is a smart choice or not. I'm just going to do it because this is how I need to be right now. I would say, I don't know if this is a very sexy answer, <laughs> but uh, lately we've been trying to get a lot of stuff done at the gallery and at home and stuff like that. So we have a lot of really big projects that are always kind of happening and they're not glamorous and they're not fun and they're like remodeling the basement or something like that. And we've been talking about doing this big change in the way we have our workflow set up and the behind the scenes stuff at the gallery. And we've been like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this, but we need someone to come in and build the walls or we need someone to check out this space or whatever. And then so yesterday we were talking about it and I was like, I'm just going to go and get everything we need for the project right now and bring it here and put it in the basement. And once that happens, there's nothing we can do about it. It has to happen. And then we can stop talking about it. And so I guess it was kind of a gut decision in the fact that, yeah, we've been talking about it for a really long time probably since we started building this space in January, maybe. <laughs> but it was always kind of like, when we have the time, blah, 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 we're going to do this. And then I was just like, it has to happen. Like, I'm, we need to just start this. So I took the car keys and James, and we drove across town <laughs> and unloaded a giant storage unit in 90-degree weather. And now we have a basement full of things that are useless, but will hopefully become something <laughs> did, sometime. Did James agree to that, or did you just like... Get in the car, jeans. Like, yep. throw yeah. I was uh, abducted, actually. Um, but no, yeah, he obviously asked if there's anything going on, but um, it needed to happen. It needed to get done. Yeah, James thought we'd go buy a coffee place, maybe. Yeah, or get food, or <laughs> yeah, know, any so of you, the necessary you said, I'll take you on a fun adventure, and you said, no, just get in this hot storage unit yeah. with yeah. me quick. Well, I was, uh, you know, denied the Tim Hortons that we drove by, oh. which was a problem, but you guys made up for it today. Yeah, surprise. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're all drinking like four gallons of Tim Hortons coffee, <laughs> iced coffee, because it's stupid outside. But yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but I feel like that is how a lot of our decisions are made. It's just like time is running out and just do it. Yeah. Do something. Do yeah. anything. Because if time is running out. So if you don't do it now, it's not going to happen at all. So we're kind of like, I don't know. I guess maybe that is thinking about it because you're kind of like, eh, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. And then eventually someone is just like, we're doing it today. It's happening now. Yeah. It's already happening. We're doing it. You can't stop it. Yeah. You can't stop this. And then you just do it. Can't and you're stop, like, I can't stop. tell if this is a good or bad idea. Yeah. So, and I wasn't even sure when I left if anybody wanted me to go. I was just like, I'm going to go do this. I think it takes that sometimes. I think it takes a person just to decide and just follow through and then see what happens afterward. Yeah, how bad could it be? How bad exactly. could it be? So how bad could it be? Um, well, I mean... In, in a hypothetical scenario where you're doing anything oh, without I mean, thinking too hard, how bad could it be? I don't know. Hypothetically speaking here, yeah. um, I mean, not that bad. Because if it ends up... <laughs> I mean, if it ends up bad, then you're going to you know, commit to whatever it takes to make it not that bad. Yeah. So, you know, in the final ending, it won't be that bad, even though you might fight through some bad stuff on the way there. Okay, so let That's me give you a scenario. Scientific. He's like, scientifically speaking, 
the exact ratio is not that bad. <laughs> also, I'm the only one who answered, so we want a sexier, yeah, who's less got a sexy mundane answer. version of jumping into something headfirst with a passion. It might be better than my, uh, oh. I'm going to the storage unit and taking a bunch of cabinetry out of it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a sexy answer for that. Or a, I mean, Do it's, you? I don't know. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, so last year around this time, um, I met a couple people in a hot tub, which is starting. That's a pretty fairly sexy start. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. It was green and it was looked like somebody dumped a bunch of pesto in it, but I mean, Ooh, was it pesto? <laughs> that would also be very sexy. <laughs> it was not real pesto. Uh. It was like floaty bits. So even though it was pretty interesting in that hot tub, um, over the last What's it been, nine months? Mm, Almost a year now. A year in August. Almost a year. I've gotten to know um, some of the people that were in there. One person in particular I took a big gamble on. Um, The shortest version of the story is that it's interesting when when you meet somebody or have a gut feeling about somebody and you're like, I have no idea why I think this person is important, but I feel like they're going to be really important to something in life. And... I remember sitting down in this um, this hot pool. It was a just a hot spring, and talking about Norway and talking about travel and talking about all these maps and things like that. And then for real, just like forty minutes later, I was like, "All right, gotta go," because we were in the middle of the Iceland residency. And over the last several months, I found out more and more and more about this person that I was talking to. And it turns out that he's got a design degree. It turns out that he is or was up until a couple weeks ago, a program director for a forestry college. Turns out that he has a lot of the same interests as a lot of us here at the gallery. And randomly, right around maybe January-ish, I said, hey, I'm going to do this travel program, and this person knows a lot about the area that I'm going to be in and a lot about the topics that I think I'd like to show people. I'm just going to ask him if he wants to do like a two-hour workshop. And then we got to talking and it turned into a day-long workshop. And then it turned into a couple days of helping. And then it turned into helping with the van. And then it turned into all of a sudden helping on a couple programs. And now he's considering doing a lot of programs with us at Lycray. And then I just two days ago stuck his face on the About Us page. So however that works, we have not gotten a chance yet to all be in the same room more than what? Uh, what, uh, a little bit, a couple hours at, like, overall time? A couple hours of overall time? But for some reason, you're like, I'm just not going to think too hard about this. I feel like this person is probably going to be a really, really good contributor to our stuff. And then we're just like, we're just going to do it. So we did it. So his name's Matt, Matt Moss. And if you want to go look at his bio, you could go look it on the About Us page. I just stuck it there. But it's one of those things where if you think too hard about that... I don't know if you can really ever, like, trust is such a funny thing, you know? You just have to kind of do it, right? Yeah, you just have to kind of, like, yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Um, just kind of, like, yeah, commit to it in, like, whatever form or fashion you wish to commit to it in and then just see how it plays out and um, do it as more of a reactive thing as opposed to, like, a like preemptive, like, thought-out part, like part of it. And it's funny because just for whatever that reason is, just asking that first time about a, a one-hour or two-hour-long workshop has turned into whatever it is because I was, I guess, interested enough to ask the first time. And so some of that stuff just kind of 
rolls with it like as you go. So I don't know. That's pretty good. Anyway, we're going to return to Pesto Pool this year, which is really funny. Yeah, actually, if you go back to the Iceland podcast, I wonder if we have the uninformed opinion of that meeting because we did a podcast from that trip. So I bet we mentioned the fact we ran into these people because it was... Oh, did we? Maybe we did. I don't know. I, I This would be something that I should have looked up before this. But it would be interesting <laughs> just because it was kind of noteworthy because we ran into them... We talked to them, and then we left, and we're like, goodbye forever, and then we ran into them again. Yeah, like physically ran face first into one of them yeah. coming out of a gas station. like At what? a national park or all, something. All, yeah. all, I don't all know. of you guys ran into one person? I, I, I yeah, we ran into... We were like into... having a tower. I was me, and then James <laughs> is on my shoulder, and Jenny, and then Lindsay, and then they were doing the same thing <laughs> in, just in this gas station. Yeah. yeah, Just one very big human being. We had two trench coats. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the craziest part about that, though, is it was like, what, like seven? 30 a.m. and like what 400 500 miles from where we were yeah something like that like a significant distance yeah and like i don't know and at a time we would never normally be awake no or moving and it was raining and it was it was pouring rain and we were in desperate need of coffee which and that's what is we were probably to why they were there too i'm sure <laughs> yeah so but it was very weird and so and you're just like oh what like what is this and so all of a sudden you kind of show up and you're like well maybe I should pay attention to my weird gut feelings like maybe this should be something good. Well it's funny cuz there's like some synchronicity there too right? You had talked to like Matt about that situation and he had said the same thing right where he was like why did I, like how, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Yeah. And I mean it's one of those things that I feel like when you're the kind of like same sort of person you just end up like sharing the same thoughts on that yeah well you end up in the same place because you have the original interests that are the same and then all of a sudden you're just there but it's funny because i think like at light gray we don't have that many people here and we've talked about that a couple times you know and all of a sudden you're just like okay trying something new trying a new person and i'm gonna stare at calvin you know or like when james was new or like when jenny was new it was just it was just me and you chris you know and then we were like, we should probably get a person to step in here. We have no idea how this is going to go. But for whatever reason, we're like, all right, we're just going to like not think too hard about it and just let this person do the thing that they're good at and just like hands off. We're like, OK, let's just do it. See how it goes. And then I kind of feel like that's the best way to approach. I don't know, especially well, when you're dealing with people. You well, just I mean, kind of are like, I feel it, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just kind of have to like. Uh, you know, to stop yourself from doing whatever, you just kind of have to do whatever it takes to like just cut yourself a part of it, <laughs> and uh, like yeah, just go out of the way to like stop yourself from overthinking it or thinking too hard about it or yeah, keeping your hands on it. So we had a conversation when we were over, um, and we'll probably do a podcast about this space and this place later. But James and I just recently went on a camping trip to the Pacific Northwest for two different weeks, two different groups of people. And we had a really good conversation as we were sitting up on this giant trestle bridge, like 200 feet above like a chasm where there's a, a river kind of running through it. Chasm? Chasm, I think. Whatever. And <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we were sitting up there talking about how sometimes you just got to tell people what you're thinking when you're thinking it without freaking out if that person's going to take it the wrong way or if something's going to something bad's going to happen if they hear your opinion or hear what you're actually contemplating like have you ever sat there and stopped yourself from telling somebody that you care about them because you're worried about it yeah well it's funny because like you, it's one of those things where yeah you worry about where the reaction comes from um 
but I, I feel like there's like a certain point, maybe there's like a catalyst or something that changes your thinking or whatever it is, um, where you go from thinking about if that person takes it weird, how much it reflects on you. And then you start to think about how much it reflects on the person themselves instead. I think, um, um, I oh, think like a lot of, a lot of good, that good, like communication just comes from an air of like genuinity where like, if you're genuine about your intent and, um, and they're also a genuine person, then there's going to be a connection there and they're going to like accept whatever you give them. Whereas I think that a lot of people, um, are very like quick to make judgments or quick to write something off or a person off or just like not actually try to get on the same level as a person. And so that's why I don't know. It's easier. It's easier to just write something off because it puts you on like this weird pedestal above others. And lately I've been thinking a lot about how like it's so necessary to, to your own health and your own like quelling of anxiety about yourself and like just being able to accept yourself to be able to at least like try to understand others. Yeah. Well, I feel like some of those things where you're, you're sitting there and you're like, why am I freaking out about telling someone something? And you're like, why, where does that come from? You know? And then you're like, why am I so worried about what they're going to say when I'm going to tell them that something nice, you know, or whatever else. Right. And then of course it's a lot of insecurity. I feel like when we're talking about the idea of of not thinking too hard about stuff. I think insecurity plays the, the biggest part yeah, in totally. why somebody's spending too much time making a decision or doing it. And we're like, oh, what if we do it wrong? Or what if this person thinks I'm stupid for doing this? Or what if I make a big mistake or a big investment and then I turn out to be wrong and then I fail and then I die? Well, and I- the crazy thing is, is like we're all insecure. Like 90% of the people that I meet are insecure in some capacity. And so we're all kind of like in this cycle of being like insecure because we think everyone else is looking at us and like recognizing that we're insecure. But if we all recognize and I feel like, you know, being in in college and like just talking to people and also just like being in conversation with a wide variety of people, everyone's pretty insecure. Yeah. And so you don't have to be as like self-conscious. You can be like, yeah, we're all kind of working through stuff together and like by ourselves, whatever works better for us. And like, um to kind of not think that anyone has like some crazy expectations for you. So do you feel like personally, any of you guys can take this concept of not thinking too hard to heart? Like, do you, do you own that? Are you just like, you know what? I don't think too hard about stuff. I just do it. And I'm just, I'm just like into it all the time, feeling what I'm feeling, just commit. I'm not going to think about it. It's a big change that I've been like consciously thinking about recently. So what did, where did you start, I guess? And Um, and where are you now with that change? I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I started by just like, uh, I get, it, it got to the point where, um, at least for me personally, where I would think when I was overthinking things, it would get to a point of like, where it is almost like a fixation, you know, and you just, you're constantly thinking about it and it like, kind of makes it hard sometimes to go through like day-to-day things or something because it like kind of tints all of what's going on you and mean it's just always like in your insecurity head. or no I just mean like I, I mean I guess in a sense like whatever it is that I'm thinking about oh um, just and you're like you thinking, thinking through the hard. options yeah and yeah. you're just like thinking too much about it and processing it um and then I feel like for me it would get to a point where you just had to like make the decision and you just had to jump but that was like a long time coming you know because you think about it so long 
Um, Did the thinking ever make you feel better about actually no. jumping? No, no, it, always, it just made you feel more anxious. It made or me what? feel way more anxious. Yeah, because in, like you, you can plan as much as you want, but if something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, you know. Um, and it's almost better just to do it and then react to whatever comes your way. Um, so I feel like I'm a lot farther along than I was. Um, so and these days, still, how do you feel? Um, I'm a lot more on the feeling side, um, and if it feels good, I try to do it. Really? Yeah, well, more so. Um, I mean, there's still things, obviously, that you think about because there's a lot that's at stake or whatever it is, but um, I think starting with the small stuff that doesn't have as much at stake and just like doing what? it. Like um, what? I don't know. I mean, like I guess like taking the chance to travel or something like what we've been doing is a big part of that. Um, and not, yeah, not worried so much about what's going on here and just like traveling and doing that part of it and then being okay. Like, ah, everything at home is going to take care of itself, you know, um, and stuff like that. Or like if I, I don't know, at 1am want to go on a drive somewhere or whatever and sit somewhere and read a book or something just cause it's sitting somewhere different than my house, um, doing that and not being like, oh, I'm going to, you know, fall, like sleep too late or whatever. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Like if I feel better about it at the moment, then I'll just do it. It's kind of nice. I don't know. I think a lot about that. I kind of get in those those things where I'm like, oh, I should be doing these things, or someone's going to expect me to do this other thing, or someone's going to look at me weird if I don't follow up with this piece that I probably could do anytime, but maybe I should. What do I say all the time? That I always eat my dinner before I get any dessert, and then I just don't get any dessert ever. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just like, well, that's sad. You well, know, you're constantly just never reacting to some of that spontaneous, exciting, like, I'm having a feeling I should do something yeah. about well, it right found, the second. Like I found with some stuff too, where um, like if it's something you really want to do, you know, and then you're doing all the other stuff that you have to do. Like sometimes if it like, it's constantly sits in your head and then it's hard to focus on whatever it is you are doing. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's, I don't know if it's something like, yeah, I want to go like on a drive real quick or something to clear my head or whatever, just doing it and like taking care of that and taking a half hour to do it or whatever and enjoy yourself and then coming back. And then if you can focus more and be more efficient on whatever it was, then it's worth all of that. I think with like not thinking and, and reacting to gut feelings and everything, um, the people who are most effective in doing that are people who know how to be responsible and know how to like actually take care of the things they need to take care of. Like you were saying, Um, and just like operate normally. So they know they have their stuff on the table. They know they can get it done, but once in a while it, you know, you do need to take a step back, de-stress a little bit and know that like, you also have to be a human being who enjoys things. I mean, like I just got out of my senior year of high or college. I'm I'm 17 years old. Um, A little baby cat. I cannot drink. Um, no, but I just got out of like probably one of the most stressful years that I've had just because I was like doing senior projects and also working around 25 hours a week and things like that. And it's so good now to be able to step back, be a human being, kind of reconsider what I actually like to do, like what makes me me, um, and to be able to actually be a part of the world and like be productive within ways that aren't necessarily about being stressed. You know? Yeah. It's reading a book. That's you nice. Know? Well, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. Like with some stuff, you know, you talk about like in talking about costs, sometimes, you know, you talk about non-monetary cost and like yeah. the stuff you're putting at stake that isn't just a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's kind of the same thing with like making yourself like feel good or like making yourself healthy, you know, is like, yeah, there's, you know, making your money and getting your stuff done that you have to do. But then there's also like all the stuff that isn't, you know, monetary and like, yeah, isn't like the, the, the outward stuff, you know, and it's all the stuff inside that you're like, you know, I need this for myself 
I'm just going to do it. So I got a question about that, and I'm going to probably, I'm going to ask you guys, because you tend to, I don't know, maybe, I'm just going to ask you, and then I'm going to tell you what my perceptions of you both are. Only okay? me, or? I'm looking at Chris and Jenny. <laughs> okay. Okay. For all you non-visual listeners. Yeah, so, so these people, what do you think about the concept of spontaneity in terms of how we think about not thinking too hard See, about stuff. This is exactly what I was just thinking about. I have a hard time because I tend to fall just based on like my role into the planning side of things, but I know there's a balance between like how much time or how much planning is involved in order to still allow freedom for spontaneity to be in there. And I've been thinking about it a lot personally because I'm trying really hard to um, not not like suppress any spontaneous things that are happening because I know I have to get something done or like I need to take care of something else. And so I'm trying really hard to allow these kind of like nice moments to fall in and not feel like I have to like stick to the plan, you know, which is always really hard, especially when you are responsible sometimes for a lot of people, you know, to just like allow a moment to happen. And so it's really tricky. And I am like constantly going back and forth because I am trying not to think too hard about stuff, which is so tricky and difficult. And all and like when you naturally happen to like be an organizer, it's really hard to like step back and just like be. So you know? what are some of the things that you could say like like without any reservations, you make time to make make a decision right then and there? Like any categories of life. I guess I'll just put this to everybody. If you were like, no problem, if this type of thing showed up, I would do it in a second. I wouldn't even think about it. I would just do this thing. Like if somebody asked me tomorrow to do this, I would be like, forget everything else. I'm going to go run and do this. And I'm going to do it because not only am I self-indulgent, but this is going to yeah. like be in my soul. What would you do? Uh, well, that would be spontaneous. Before I get to that, I guess I would say that that's like my uh, my situation with spontaneity, I guess, is the opposite of Jenny because <laughs> I don't plan and I feel like my job and maybe I don't know if it's a skill set or a bonus or not, but is that I just roll with it. So I don't have any plans and I feel like in my life I can't plan because I might show up for work one day and everyone's just like, you need to go to the storage unit right now. <laughs> or I might show up and they're like, we need to do all these designs for this client right now. Or I might show up and they're like, we need you to go to Iceland instead of someone else right now. <laughs> and that's fine. And I guess that's just how I approach it. So I don't really plan anything and I never really have. And I feel like my entire career is just like stumbling from person to person and having people tell me what to do. And I'm just like, okay, so I'll go do that. Let me ask you about that. So then you're constantly not thinking too hard about stuff. Yeah, I try not to think so too hard So which things anything. do you think super hard about? If you're like, if most of your days are just like, whatever, and then you just do the thing because it's all kind of the same, what... What are the things that's, that, that make you do the opposite? So if we're all talking about like trying really hard to not think about stuff, but you're, you're doing that already, when does it kick in where you're like stressing or you're... I mean, I stress in the moment of doing the things, but I try not to think about it before it happens because there's nothing that you can normally do. And I'm just like, well, it's going to happen and it'll be fine. And I will stress while I'm there. And, you so you're know, stressing in the moment. I do stress in the moment. I'm not like a social person. 
but somehow I've made my entire everything be about <laughs> meeting people and entertaining people and traveling with people and living with people in close quarters and sleeping on futons in a room with three other people and like all these things and like it is very stressful in the moment mm-hmm. occasionally especially you know like before like the morning of the you know in the middle of a trip or something when I wake up and maybe when I go to bed and then when it's happening it's usually fine because it's happening and it's there's nothing you can do about it um it's no big deal it's usually less yeah it's usually not a big deal and it's usually not as bad as you might think it is when you're sitting there and thinking about it but I you know I don't know. I don't really think about that much. And I, and I, I feel like nobody believes that. They're always like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> elevator music? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I'm thinking a series of small, inconsequential things at all times. <laughs> that's pretty true. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's so weird, though. I feel like that's just really hard, you know? Yeah. This week for me is like a perfect example of trying to be spontaneous. Like I just went on a small trip with my sister and even before we went, she was like, are you sure you have time? Are you sure you want to like schedule this thing? And I was like, don't, don't even worry about it. Like I'll just make it happen no matter what. And no matter what we do while we're there, it'll still be fine. Um, But we started off the trip with like a six hour drive up towards Yellowstone. And the entire time I was like, chasing spontaneity i was like i'm gonna call a skydiving place right now and i'm gonna i'm gonna like schedule a bunch of stuff and try and like do something that i would never do normally which it was just a feeling of being like i'm out of my comfort zone already i'm doing something totally different i'm gonna do the biggest version of this and sometimes it like takes stepping out of your normal situation i'm rarely in a position where i'm not leading a trip that I'm on and so it's nice to just feel free to do something and I looked up this skydiving place and the top three questions one was um how long does it take to skydive Mm. and then the other one was what is it like to do with a partner and then the third one was what happens if your parachute doesn't open and I'm like that's absurd that is ridiculous to even worry about that because if it doesn't open you're You're dead dead. and it doesn't matter so why even worry i mean that's like every time you cross the street like you know there's no guarantee you can't live with this like constant fear of what happened because it could happen yeah and most likely it won't happen right and it's just like that's life we're a bunch of weird like meat beings that are like kind of really destructible like we're we're (laughs) a flesh vessel yeah we're weird we're weird tubes um but yeah, I mean, ch- chances are you'll be fine. Yeah, chances yeah. are you will be fine. But then it's funny though because I feel like, why does it take, why does it take being out of a, of a, and we have this conversation sometimes. So I kind of know the answer to this already. But it, why does it take a person being absent from all of their responsibilities for a minute to do the things that you would think would just be natural to their character? It's funny. Like jumping out of a plane. Like, like, like <laughs> what makes you Did you, did you yeah. jump out of a plane? I didn't. Oh, okay. But I did lots of other things that I Because those three done. questions really but it's made her funny. think. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> if? What no, if? I, I, I like called a place. What if it takes an hour? No, I called a place and it sounded like a scam. It sounded like they're having a birthday party in the background. And I was like, hmm. Maybe it's just They really probably are. I feel like everyone going skydiving is probably having a birthday. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. Imagine, probably. Imagine, like imagine their 80th, like, 
I don't know, 80th an birthday 80 or something. Old is gonna jump be so cool. That happens a lot, actually, where like people, yeah, it gets it's on to their a bucket point. list. Yeah, it is, and they're That's like, I gotta do this wish. now. They jump yeah. out, and then they're, although they their skin is their parachute, what? <laughs> <laughs> just flapping in the wind. That seems like a, a scarier thing to do at that point because you have a lot of you like, could heart attack, yeah, yeah, organ complications. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've down. decided that I'm never going to skydive. That's fair. Yeah, I'm just going to say this here. Now it's on the internet, so it has to be true. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Well, I don't know. I do think that when you're in your normal like day to day, it's so much harder to make time for that because you are like thinking about your big list of stuff you have to do or whatever promises you made people. But like so the stuff where you're like, you know, this weekend I have a weekend. What? I could do anything and then you don't because what you do instead is you're like I should do my laundry and then you mm. do your laundry instead like you of go going Costco. on an adventure so you should go to Costco I should you should go to Costco so um, <laughs> it's a good adventure so when you think about that you're like I have every single opportunity every single day with these chunks of time like yes you have to plan your time but you're just like I could do anything with my life. I think I wrote an Instagram post about this yeah. the other day about the idea of life as an adventure, and then I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Not thinking too hard about the weird stuff that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pre-plan your weird stuff. Just, but then, how come nobody ever? Some people do, but how come it takes a lot of people to go on vacation to have these spontaneous? Like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to worry if I'm going to die in a. You know, like some kind of skydiving accident or like, I'm going to go on a jet ski because even though I could go do it on a lake over here, I'm going to wait until I'm in Mexico or something to get one. You know? Yeah. Why? Is it just like a, I mean, maybe it's a combination of your responsibilities or like finance things. Like when you're on a trip, you're so much more likely to be like, like, I'm on vacation. You're like, no regrets. Yeah, but why don't you do that normally? I think there's also this weird societal expectation where when we're at home, when we're in our like home state and whatever, we have to be all about production. We have to be about like, why aren't you working? Why aren't you doing this and this and this? And so it's like, it feels easier to be more spontaneous in spaces where you're like quote unquote allowed to, yeah. you know, especially if like you're posting pictures of you on a jet ski, you know, and you're in in Cabo or whatever, um, then people are like, yeah, that makes sense. If you're of posting course. jet yeah. ski pics in Minnesota, they're <laughs> like, you should be at work. You should probably be not doing that. Exactly. Well, I'm going to say this too. Okay. So we have one person on the, on the wall over here in the salon gallery, Tanner Johnson, who is from this, this vantage point if you look at everything that's in his images it looks like he has a life full of adventure it's constantly like different places and he's got mountains everywhere and lakes and it i mean it absolutely looks like what you would assume somebody who can be spontaneous at random points i'm sure he's got normal things that he's got to do but it's Mm -hmm. funny because i think all of us even though we think about that idea of of being like oh you got to be responsible now and you have to do these things as like a normal adult person but then we all like think like what what would it be like if i didn't have to do any of that and there are people that can be spontaneous all the time and that's their thing and they've adopted it and they make it their number one priority and then we all we all sit there and we're like oh man i wish that was me it's more about taking opportunity isn't it where it's like if someone is presenting this to you like yeah maybe you do have to be responsible but figuring out you know, how a certain opportunity can be beneficial to you. Or I think like, it totally is. Yeah, or like even if, you, I don't know, we're all artists here, and so it's like how can this thing, you know, influence my practice? How can it like actually be something 
that can be productive, even if it is like spontaneous and not within the norm of like sitting at home yep. and working. Well, I think know? that's huge. Cause like, it's actually funny. Cause in talking about Tanner, this is actually perfect. Cause I was going to say that there's, I think a point too, where sometimes you mix them together where you're being spontaneous and you're using these opportunities to also do something productive. And with him in particular, um, I was talking to him and he had moved to Northern Arizona um, and was like having somebody like redo drywall in his house or something and got to know the guy. And then it happened to be that the guy's son like worked at this place called Barizona, which is like a like wildlife park, like safari park in Arizona. Um, and then Tanner just like got the job there and then was doing stuff where he was like wrangling like we, like bears and stuff when they get in the wrong pen and like all kinds of stuff where he's like, you know, maintaining these like electric fences between like crazy wild animal pens and stuff. And like, where you look at that um, and you're like, holy cow, like, you know, he's like taking photographs of bears or like, you know, driving through like crazy wilderness in like an off-road truck or something. But that's also like what what he was doing for work. Yeah. Um, but just like the fact that like you think about how he got that job and you're like, oh, it was like a weird, like a random guy that was doing like maintenance on his house that he was living in, you know, and he just like he asked and talked to him about it. And then it just fell into place and he was up for taking the opportunity to do it. Um, and yeah, I didn't think too hard about it and was just like, all right, that sounds awesome. Like if it, you know, if it does suck, then you, you stop, you do something else and you figure it out. Well, but I like if that it's amazing, idea then you just do it. of opportunity where you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm spontaneous enough or spontaneous enough to recognize when something falls right in front of me that I should be paying attention Your to. Your eyes are open enough to see it when it happens. Yeah. And Another another side of that, though, is to look at these people who might seem like they have, like, this crazy spontaneous life and understand that, like, the way they're living life doesn't have to be the way that you're living life. I feel like a lot of people end up looking at, like, things like that and they're like, look at this person who has, like, this crazy, amazing thing and, like, they obviously have it so much more put together. I think it's about you know, operating within the space that you're given and just seeing, like, what you can do to like really enjoy wherever you are, yeah. you know, and, and just knowing that, um, don't like not letting yourself get anxious about not doing enough. Yeah. And just, I don't know if you feel like you want to be doing other stuff or don't think too hard about it, just do it, just do it. And also just appreciate what is around you, you know? Yeah. I was going to say part of it is like recognizing like the things that, and I, and not even compared to just being like, I'm looking at this person. I wish I was this person. But like, if you're like, I wish I was having adventures all the time. But then you're like, do you wish that? Do you yeah. wish that? Because would were you do constantly it? Constantly having adventures. Would that be like a, just one constant spike in your life? And mm. like, like, what does your life become at that point? And wouldn't you miss like sitting at home with your pets? Well, see, and that's so you miss, individual. Like gardening your garden and stuff like that. And there's all these things that are not like spontaneous adventure seeking, et cetera, yeah. that are still totally enjoyable. And, you know, mm-hmm. the person who is constantly traveling and on the road is missing a lot of the things that you might find really enjoyable in your life. Well, and I feel like that too. is something that, you know, just having traveled for over, you know, five weeks or whatever, there was a lot of just small niceties that you start missing after a while where you're like, I sure do miss the simple act of, you know, not having an adventure for a minute. Well, I'll say this. I think, I think I don't personally feel like it's necessary to compare, you know, the perception of somebody's life and the actual life that they're having. Cause I think every, what everybody's saying is like that person made decisions to do the things that they're doing 
because they saw an opportunity and they did it and they didn't think too hard about how, or maybe they did think really hard about how this was going to sort of play out in the collection of things that they do with their life. And you can't really compare yourself to other people. But if you're like sitting there personally and you're like, do I want this? Do I feel like I want this? Do I listen to myself? Do I allow myself? Like, and then you just stop thinking about everybody else, you know, and you're kind of thinking about yourself. Then I feel like this thing takes on kind of a different tone because like, yeah, we could talk, I guess, all day about the perceptions of how other people's lives look and if it's real and all that kind of stuff. But besides that, if you're like, what do I do that I think too hard about and I don't allow myself to do? Or what do I allow myself to do and have these spontaneous moments? I feel like that's the only thing that really matters is you, you know. But it's funny because, again, it's like I think we had a conversation, James, or I I think it was you that I was talking Mm -hmm. to, where I was just like, it's funny how many people stop themselves from, like, indulging in anything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sometimes it's, um, I mean, I feel like everybody's probably had this moment where, um, yeah, you like do do that and you stop yourself because maybe you're like guilty about, you know, whatever it is that you should be doing instead. Or like, I don't know. I feel like there is, especially nowadays with like, again, with all the stuff that you are seeing where when you do reflect upon yourself, you feel like you should be doing something more productive all the time. Um, and in turn, you're kind of like, all right, well, instead of, you know, being self-indulgent for an hour or two, I'll, you know, just figure out what it is that I can do in that time period to, you know, be productive for some other reason, as opposed to like just thinking that indulging yourself is productive, which oftentimes it is. Um, so I don't know. It's, I feel like it's hard to overcome sometimes. So, okay. Here's a totally opposite question. What is the worst thing that could happen for real that, that I think in your life you've gone with your gut feeling and you were totally wrong and it was for real the worst and you made the biggest mistake. Do you have any? It's not the big, mm, a bit, a big, it's not even like that big of a A disappointment or not even. Mm, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times like, at least for me personally, that comes a lot of the time with like with people. Where you're like, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Um, well, either that, where you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that, like in the heat of the moment or something, you know, or you're oh, like, yeah. or if you just like. Or um, I mistook this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you like totally mistook it as something else or you um, like not opened yourself up too much, but like, I don't know. I mean, I guess in a sense, that's what it is where you like gave too much into something um, or, you know, whatever it is where then it like. Again, it doesn't come out as a massive disaster, but it comes out as like, like a disappointing a situation. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of it's a pride thing where but you're But not like an actual something is totally wrong. Yeah. Kind of I feel like usually it comes in like again, hindsight's always 2020, right? So I feel like a lot of it comes when like you look back and you're like, "How was I that stupid that I didn't see that?" And then it becomes a pride thing. But I feel like in the moment it's more of just like disappointing that it didn't meet whatever your expectations are of you know, said person or whatever it is. And that's just about learning. You know, it's like as a person, I think that we're all growing and we're all like figuring things out like day by day. I think it takes, you know, kind of more, more strength and more consideration to understand how to move forward and how to become a better person. Or if you are the one enacting that or how to understand other people better or how to know if someone isn't like worth your time, if they're like a really bad person. Um, I guess on, on another end of things, like, uh, I guess a big regret in my life is just um, 
as an artist, not taking my work serious enough um, earlier in life, especially in high school. I just, I've seen a lot of people who are very, very good at what they do, and they really took themselves seriously when they were younger. Um, because when, when you're a young artist and you're developing and everything, you're always thinking, well, when I get to college, you know, that's when I'm going to come into my own. And, and it is probably true. Um, you know, I totally did as an artist and I'm still growing, but I just wish that I would have put as much uh, consideration and as much um, time and effort into, into that thing that I knew that I was going to be pursuing later at that time because at that time I was like well guess playing video games for three hours is going to be my most important thing when realistically that was like too much self-indulgence so I got a question about that though so like how can you even see into the future enough to know how to tell young you that you're not supposed to be doing those things you know what I mean like I don't think you can because your brain in that moment is just like I need to do this like this is my like number one that's the funny part is like Calvin with what you were just saying about like taking yourself seriously like in regards to art and stuff I mean obviously that applies to everything in life right I mean Mm -hmm. like we were talking about um, you know a lack of confidence being what it is that stops you from you know not thinking too hard about it and I feel like that's a big part it's it's like the experience of like if you've you know drawn the same uh, I don't know object a thousand times then you can do it without thinking because you know what it is and it's the same thing with any other thing you're doing is that if you've done it and you're confident that it's just going to work and you can react to whatever comes at you you're not going to think too hard about it so but the trick right is doing that when you're not super confident about it okay so I'm going to ask you a question about confidence so do you feel like you need an enabler to hold your hand to make you do the things you knew you wanted to do and you just needed somebody else to tell you it was okay? Well, And I, I just want to know what everybody thinks. Do you need somebody to stand there with you and do it so that you feel like it's a thing you should be doing? I think it makes a lot of people more comfortable because yeah. you know you're in it with somebody else yeah. regardless of whatever it is. And what is that that makes you feel like that? Is it just you're just like, well, you're doing it, so I'm doing it. We're no, fine. I, I, or you're just like, somebody believes in me or I this think thing? for me in particular, like there's some of that where you're like, oh, somebody believes in me. Maybe like, you know, I can do this. But I also think that it is a combination of like, well, I have, you know, a certain amount of experience in this side of things. That person has their own perceptions and experiences. And I know that, like, between the two of us, whatever shows up, we'll probably be able to figure it out, you know? Is that how you feel? A lot of the time, yeah. Where it's like, it, I might not necessarily have, like, the experience in certain things to where, like, whatever is scary. But if could someone happen. shows up and is like, James, I'm with you. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, then. Yeah. Well, it's less, I feel like, about hand holding and doing it that way and more of just, like, somebody else yeah like giving you a high five and they're like i'm in it too let's do it and it's it's less about yeah like having to have somebody around all the time to like lead you and somebody like like yourself follow and more of like standing side by side and doing it and like yeah having somebody that is willing to react with you i don't know maybe Lindsay has more insight into this just because we do do everything together but i feel like i i will do things because other people are there but i'm more doing it for them and i feel like when i do things i usually do them and then tell Lindsay if I like email a client about a job or something like that, I'll do it. And maybe I'll even have gotten a response and then I'll say, Hey, by the way, I talked to this person or, you know, so I actually don't like people even knowing I'm doing something. I'm the type of person who doesn't <laughs> like, I, you know, I have gone through life changes and things like that about, you know, my personality or my physical appearance and things like that. And I will do it 
and I will never tell it. I'm not the type of person who's like, let's, let's be gym buddies. Let's make a pact to go to the gym. I'm going to go there by myself and no one is going to come with me. And because I, the only, I don't know, just because I, it's not that I don't want to like disappoint them or anything like that. It's just that I don't need the motivation of another person and I would rather just go and do it on my own time. And if I have to make plans with another person or whatever, then I am going, that's like a hindrance and not a motivation for me. Really? Yeah. But I I don't know. I mean, do you think, do you, you know me as well? Maybe you feel that it's not right. I don't know. No, I feel like, I feel like that's no, that's what you do. Okay. You yeah. just, yeah, I feel that's like that's funny. And the opposite. <laughs> I think, I mean, I really like doing stuff with people. And so if somebody's like adventure time or I'll be like adventure time. And if I have a person to do with it, I am all about it. And I'll like go headfirst into whatever it is. But I think having a person there, I don't know. And especially like I am an introverted person. And so being around people who are excited is makes it it like escalates into a giant excitable pile you know and so it's really nice to have a person with you to push you to do something you wouldn't normally do like daily things yeah I just want to do it myself and not have anything to worry about it but if it comes to like if I'm gonna go to a state park or go roller skating or something I want to have somebody do it with because it seems more meaningful to have an experience with a person that does than just like hanging out. But are we talking about experiences or are we talking about like life changing events? I'm thinking, I I guess I was thinking about making decisions that are going to change your life. Making decisions. I'm talking specifically, it's all related, but one thing that I'm really, really curious about is if I know myself and I know things that I stop myself from doing all the time, but secretly or not so secretly, way down on the inside, I wish I could do the following three things. Do I need somebody to come over and do them with me in order for me to feel confident enough to do them or not? Because I feel like, like, does another person unlock it for you? Does an enabler come and say, it's okay, let's do this. You don't have to feel weird about this or you don't have to feel like you're alone in this or whatever. Like, I was just curious because some people don't need that at all. And they're like, Hey, I do everything that I want to do. Cause when I'm feeling it, I'm just going to do it. Other people are like, I don't need anybody to tell me if I can do it, but I still struggle with actually like putting it out there, you know? Well, and other people are like, the second somebody shows up, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I feel like it depends on like what you're trying to get out of it. Um, like, I guess as an example of that is like, if you want to go and like do something by yourself because you're really trying to learn something about yourself or yeah. you're trying to, you know, like overcome something, um, then that's a huge thing. And you're like, you know, you kind of go out of your way to do it yourself. But then I feel like there are other things too, where it's like, when you think about everything that's involved with it, you're like, do I like need someone else to do this? Or is it worth pushing myself past this? Or like, you know, kind of what it is that is going on, like in everything that's involved with it. Yeah. And what do you think about that? I like, think, I think what's, um, what's great about being a person in the world is that the more people you talk to with different experiences that have their own special things that they do, um, they, they can help you. And so it's like, even if it's a, a thing that you need to figure out by yourself, even if it's for you, even if you don't need an enabler. Do you need an enabler? Like when you, you if you like think of all the stuff that you wish you could do, like in your soul, does it help you to have somebody who's like, Calvin, I believe in this thing that you want to do. Like I am with you, like, or I'll at least support you from afar. Like, does that person or does anybody do that for you or make you feel like that gives you the extra, like 
confidence or push or just like support somewhere that's you're like, yes, I did need that. I did need somebody to tell me that this is totally okay, even if they don't like, you know, they're not hanging out like right directly with yeah. you. Or are you just like, I don't need anybody else to do this with me? I, I think it's incredible to have a, su- a supportive group, you know, and I, I'm really lucky to have a lot of friends who really would support me um, depending on whatever I did. And I think, I think also at the same time, I just have a lot of really talented friends and um, primarily like within my art practice and also as a person, not even just within my art practice, there are certain people that I look at and I'm like, what is it about you that makes you so good? Yeah. And how, how do I need to adjust myself to do that? I had a real like big epiphany moment, especially last year, um, where that clicked. And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not working hard enough, you know? And secondly, I'm not, I'm not doing my best to be like as compassionate and as like as good of a person I can be. And, and that was inspired by people around me, you know? And so I think for me, it's more about seeing other people that are just good, and then it unlocks something in you and, and you're and just it, like, I need to do this. Yeah. It makes me realize that, you know, I want to be better. So I am an enabler and I am, I am the kind of person that watches, this is weird and creepy, but not really, but I watch for things that people really want to do that they're not doing. And my interests are in finding the people for whatever reason, or just hearing the stuff people say and being present or helpful and smothery about it sometimes. But it is a very weird thing because I asked you guys because some people some people need it and some people don't. Some people are autonomous or whatever. And for me, I still need to do stuff with people. And it's not even my thing sometimes, but the passion part of like what I get into is the fact that somebody else really wanted to do it and they may not be doing it unless they want to do it with somebody else or you just see somebody like burning for something and you know it's possible for them and you know that this thing is totally like everything they've ever wanted and that's such a big deal for me that I'm like well let's do it let's do this thing that you want to do And then I get weird about it where I'm like, okay, let's talk about every single possibility and let's go through all the details. And like, you know, because watching somebody actually be the person that they wanted to be is probably what being a teacher is like, I think, in general. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I should ask the other teacher that's sitting here. (laughs) But really, yeah, that's you. (laughs) But But I think about it. I'm like, that's probably one of the reasons why I just really like being in the classroom because you can tell sometimes that somebody's trying to figure out what it is that they want to do and they're trying to they're trying to do the difference. It's like it's like what we just said about what am I supposed to be doing? What do I want to do? And then like being a teacher, you're like, you know that thing you want to do? That is what you're supposed to be doing. And somebody's like, "Oh, did you just tell me that I could do the thing I've always wanted to do?" And I'm like, "Yes." for whatever reason I get to be an authority figure that tells you it's okay. But really, truly it's like, that's the kind of thing where people are like giving themselves permission to do that thing, to be that person, to do everything that they care about. But for whatever reason, most of us needs an enabler to be like, you're cool. (laughs) Like, don't worry about it. Stop thinking so hard about this thing that you know is part of you. And it's funny because I feel like I get a lot from being that person for other people and that kind of is like 
I don't know. It's in, it's like an infectious, like crazy, weird, like lustful thing for me where I'm like, oh, look at this thing that's happening. Like this is really, you know, stuff is happening. This person's doing this thing. So anyway, I was curious. So other teacher, because you have a totally different perspective on it. I mean, do you feel the same way or are you kind of like... I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I think that we have a vastly different teaching style and personality and everything. And I think you t- taught my class and my class came back and was like, it's really funny to go from you and Lindsay because Lindsay is like ultimate cheerleader. Mm. And I'm kind of like the person who's just like, listen, I'm going to tell you how it is. I mean, I say and if you want to listen, then that's fine. And if you and if you're interested in that, that's fine. But also, maybe not everyone is interested in like that's <laughs> and just I'm how like, school everything's goes. Everything's interesting. Maybe you guys are just the the perfect duo, right? Like you just got to teach back and forth in the same class, or like <laughs> actually back to back and just be like shouting. Lindsay's like, you can do anything, hooray! Everything's possible. And then she's like, I'll leave for one minute, and I come back, and I'm like, listen. I'm like, guess what? Up. When you get to talking to clients, things are going to change a little bit. <laughs> but I, I, I think that. Uh, but that's actually your real life perception, though, and that's actually my real life perception. Right, yeah, I'm not Anything saying it's like is an possible act. I'm in saying, my weird universe. Yeah, and I recognize that. And I feel like we have a similar role in life because you want to help everyone achieve their thing, and I will help them, and you'll help them by talking about it and planning with them, and I will help them by doing the things that I was talking about in like the very first question you asked where I'm like, how do we need to do this? Okay. I can go and go to a storage unit. I mean, that makes sense. Big picture. You're, let's you're like plan your and action part of. Right. And when I teach students, instead of being like, in, I'm, I guess I'm less individualistic and hands-on, which is why my classes end earlier than Lindsay's classes. Mm. Where I'm like, because blah, blah, I, blah. I, I'm like, here's what I'm here to, I'm going to tell you what I know. And I'll help you do whatever you want to do. But people have to come seek it out from me. Whereas Lindsay will get right up in their business and be like, I see you doing something over there. I'm going to come and insert myself into this and I'm going to help you. <laughs> That's true. Is that how that works? I see you doing this. Let but me. It's, but let it's me. great. <laughs> Lindsay was one of the best teachers I had. Just Aww. for the right. Now it's again. Yeah, no, I'm again, sure she's a better internet. teacher than me. I mean, <laughs> I, I said you were bad. I just said I never had you as a no, teacher. No, I mean, Chris. seriously, I'm sure she's a better teacher than me. Lindsay is like a teacher at, to the core. I'm looking around the room. Nobody <laughs> can see it except for you guys. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. it's true. No, it's super true. Well, thanks, you guys. I I like I like the idea of being a teacher. I like the action of being a teacher. I love teaching. Also, we were talking about all these different things about like following your your stuff, kind of risk, fear, doing things, that just not thinking too hard about it. I did think really hard about it, and I've been thinking about it for a while. But it's funny because I finally just was like, all right, things are happening. And I, for the first time in 14 years, am not teaching in the fall. And it feels real bad. Mm. It feels bad. It feels like I'm missing out and it hasn't even happened yet. It's funny because it's summertime and I usually don't teach in the summer anyway. But it feels bad because I feel like I'm letting some people down that I haven't met yet. That's weird. You know, it feels like I should be doing something. But on the total flip side of this, the spontaneous part, and this is weird because these two things live hand in hand and you cannot be like, oh, yeah, I didn't think too hard or I did think too hard, whatever. But the spontaneous part of this thing is I, I was like, you know what? Because I'm not going to teach, I can take the opportunity because it's hanging out right there to use this time to travel and do the programs at Light Gray and be here, here, and here, and here because I'm not here and here. 
which is exactly what James was saying about just kind of looking in front of you and being like, well, now what do I do with this stuff I've got? Do I be spontaneous with it? And then I said, all right, yes, I'm going to use these like frequent flyer miles to go and scout some stuff, or I'm going to go and plan a thing here, or I'm going to go take these people to wherever. And it's still stuff I'm doing, and I'm still, I'm still answering a call to something that I feel is really important to myself. But man, it's weird because I am still, even though I'm being spontaneous, I'm still thinking too hard about the stuff I didn't do. Well, I think that might be because people in general are really loss averse. And even though you might help out the same amount of people, you would have to help out more people to have the same good feeling as the bad feeling of of losing something. And you feel like you're losing these 20 people that you might have been able to help. And even if you help 20 people... You need I to still help feel like I'm losing. People. That I feels think, weird, though, because you're like, I did the thing. I did the thing that, that <laughs> we're talking about where I'm like, I need to be spontaneous. I need to do follow my passion. And I did. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, now I'm sad because I can't have everything all the time. Well, I mean, I, I feel like a big key to that, though, is like you don't feel bad enough to have not done the spontaneous part. Yes. Which I feel like is a big part of that in general, where you're like, you do kind of like balance those things. And you're like all right, like this is still worth doing. Like, it's not like it's so negative that I can't follow through with it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that part of that too is also just the not thinking too hard about it part. Um, cause yeah, like you still commit to the spontaneous part. And I think, I think it's also about pacing yourself because like there'll be other classes to teach, you know? And it's like, if you take a semester or two off, like it'll still be there. And I think that kind of applies to anything where like, just because you miss an opportunity once, doesn't mean you have to miss it forever. And it doesn't mean that, like, it's the end of the world. You know, there will always be other opportunities and there will always be other ways to to pursue whatever you want to pursue, really. So here's a weird question, because this is what I think about when I think about not teaching. I'm like, uh-oh, a piece of my identity is now floating in the air. And I can't claim I'm a teacher now because I'm not actively teaching. And... What will that do to my self-perception? Or, you know what I'm saying? Where you're like, you're like, uh-oh, it's been 14 years. I'm so prideful about the fact that I've hung on to a thing for my whole life because I'm only 15. You know? Or like, you you're think... Yeah. So... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So... Well, yeah. I think the funny thing is, like, during the travel programs, you are teaching, but it's different because it's not in, like, a formal institution. So you think way, about that, you know? right? Yeah. Like, you're like, I've, I'm like, I'm like, I've got my track record of nonstop this. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like I think- no, it is, it is really hard to do that. I mean, people do that. It's funny because I won't mention this book again because I talk about it all the time. But in a lot of ways, people who have not made art in a while are like, am I still an artist? But of course, like teaching or art making or anything is like lifelong practice time. And so like you could be teaching in a million different ways that isn't necessarily in a formal like every Wednesday class, you know? I don't know. Something I, me and Lindsay, like we talk about it a lot where, um, we were talking about it recently with like Matt and Tanner about like, you know, what do you claim that you are? Um, and a lot of like, what, you know, what do you claim that you are? Because there's an infinite number of things that you are doing. Um, and it's funny because I feel like even if like, you know, I play a lot of video games, if I stopped, I'd probably still say that I was a gamer because I would probably still be into it even if I wasn't taking as much time or any time to play them. Um, or yeah, I haven't, you know, really made art in a long time. Um, like actual like finished art but I do still claim that I'm an artist because it's still a very big part of my life and um even if I wasn't 
you know, into like the art community at, here at Light Gray, I probably would still claim that I'm an artist because it's, you know, a part of my life and a part of who I am, like deep down, even if it is not currently bubbling to the surface. Yeah, I think everybody always assumes you just have to nonstop just keep doing the things in order to feel like you're involved in them. And and that is that is again, you know, we're talking about like thinking super hard about stuff or not thinking about that. It's just like probably why I can't be spontaneous sometimes or why people are so worried about it. They're like, Oh, I'm going to, well, and I think it depends on your intent because like if you, if you're an artist and you're like, my intent is to be a commercial artist, my intent is to put work out there and have everyone following my work, etc. You do there, you do have to produce, you know, a certain amount or you have to be looking for those opportunities to, you know, produce or, you know, Lindsay and and Chris, you guys um, do a lot of surface design. So it's like, that's part of your job. Um, If you are making art for yourself and that's your only intent is to just do art because you like to doodle, that's a totally different thing. And so, you know, it's being, being an artist or being whatever is usually a broader thing than just one kind of way of doing it. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's, I think it's important to decide for yourself what's important to you, what your intent is, and how to achieve that intent, and do your best to achieve that intent, you know? Well, it's like, I think in, like, examples a lot, um, and in this one in particular, I I always think about it kind of like, whenever you ask somebody what music they listen to, and you know that the first thing they're going to tell you is their most, like, recent or, like, the biggest, like, genre of music that they listen to. But, I mean, if you sat there and you were like, I have 10 minutes, tell me all the stuff you listen to, it's going to be a massive range and a massive mix of everything under the sun, you know, that they find enjoyable. And I feel like the same thing goes for, like, the, I don't know, what you claim that you are. Yeah. Whereas, like, sometimes, you know, people don't have, you know, 10 minutes to sit there and listen to all the things you do. So you do kind of give them the elevator pitch of who you are. But I feel like at the same time, you have to, like, realize, like, personally and as a person that that, because you have told them that, that 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 isn't who you just are you know that's not just the only things whereas like if they did have the time you would tell them all the other stuff and i feel like that's important and that's actually a funny tie into our introductions because it's like i always have the hardest time figuring out okay what's like the most interesting thing to say about myself or like what i don't know what makes me sound like i i know things like with movies it's like i remember so specifically when i was in seventh grade someone was like what was your favorite movie and i was like oh my god that's where i started saying chronicles of riddick because he was like what i saw recently in a movie that i liked but like man i i don't know i like Wong car way i like um i like <laughs> french films i like a whole bunch of stuff but it's just really easy to jump to that like oh my god you, you panic a little bit you're like uh, yeah, you're like, diesel. someone's going to think a well, lot about, yeah, this or this or this. It's actually but, I mean, really funny because for a long time, like in high school and stuff, um, like I listened to a lot of metal. And when people would ask me, they're like, oh, so what do you like? What do you listen to? Um, and they'd ask for specific bands or something. I would try to go to like the smallest, like heaviest, mm-hmm. most underground something just to be like, look at how deep my knowledge is. Let mm-hmm. me push up my like nerd glasses real quick. And it's funny because like, you do that so that people like in that elevator pitch kind of understand like how deep that that goes, but it doesn't really matter. Nah. Like there's all these other things that you do listen to and that you do care about and probably listen to as much or more than that, whatever thing you just said, or like, you know, than the watching Chronicles of Riddick, like I'm sure you watch tons of other stuff. So it's like more of like on your personal inside part of you. And you're like, you know, I don't, I don't care about like whatever I say out here. And it's like all the other stuff is still deep down in there. And because I don't claim it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Well, that's the thing, right? It's just like, you're, you're like, what do I tell these people? 
because I don't want to get too deep or like, what do I tell these people? Because I don't want to think, I don't want to think about how they're going to perceive it or, you know, and that's exactly, exactly what the conversation was about today is just like, I don't even know if you, I don't know. There's some stuff I feel like you can just do sometimes because you've allowed yourself to do and you can just commit just instantly. But I think the majority of us think probably too hard about most stuff. Mm -hmm. We're complex. I don't know. Like I, we all have a lot going on. We all have a lot to kind of like sift through a lot of different experiences, but that's what makes us cool. Yes. Very cool. So, so (laughs) cool. So Chris, where, if people want to go and see, um, what's going on here and all the other cool things and all the complexities of us, Mm. you could go look on the about page and I, we could, we should edit it to be actually specific to who we are. Cause I think I just wrote some stuff about you guys. So have, you should does it have like personal Instagrams and stuff on it. I feel like that's a big part. I think it has some stuff, but we'll fix it. Okay. We'll do that. So anyway, where so can people can, find it? You can go, you can find our main central hub of a website. It's like grayartlab.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in like gray art lab and give us a like. You'll stay up to date with all of our events and social gatherings and things like that. You can find us on Instagram. We're at like gray art lab. You can find us on Twitter. Also at like gray art lab. You can find us on Tumblr. We are lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can also subscribe to the show on the iTunes Music Store or stream it directly on Stitcher Radio. We own the internet. We do own the internet. So thanks a lot for listening, you guys, and we'll talk with you soon. Bye. Interesting. Is that uh, real? Hello. Uh, I've never that heard it weird. before. Maybe that's James's uh, weird rule. Yeah, I don't know about mm-hmm. this whole like pea seal breaking I thing. Mean, I, it sounds a little <laughs> bit esoteric. I feel if you like ask you me, you should look at it. Look it up on the internet. Oh, what, what, what am I it. supposed to look up? Drinking break. pea seal, <laughs> Google <laughs> images, break, break the seal. Break the seal. Jenny. Is it a pea seal? A that's pea what you should look up. On Jenny needs a pea seal. seal.